Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Wednesday episode of Flippin' Bats, where we have the legend himself, Ken Rosenthal, set to join us. Ken has come on now every single year for a trade deadline special episode, and it's always been a blast, and we always get stuff that I didn't know. And today is no different. We talk about the Mets and what their plan is at the deadline. Could we really see Justin and Max Scherzer moved or what about some other names or do they not sell at all? Same with the Padres. We talk about the Padres and what their plan is with Josh Hader and Blake Snell, the White Sox. I ask him how many of these four are going to be moved. Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech, We'll discuss the Chicago White Sox, who potentially have the biggest arms available at the deadline, as well as the Orioles. They already added a bullpen arm in Shintaro Fujinami. How aggressive are they planning on being with a team that now leads the AL East? They're certainly very talented, but they certainly have some holes that they should look to fill at the trade deadline. The Astros, what do they do? I've been following along the Astros for years, obviously, and at every single trade deadline, they make a move that puts them in better position come ALCS World Series time. So I'm going to ask Ken, what are the Astros planning on adding at the deadline? Of course, the latest on Shohei Otani, who would be the biggest move ever moved, the biggest player ever moved, and he's going to be the biggest free agent in American sports. What is the latest there? What is Perry Manassian planning on doing? And what is Artie Moreno planning on doing as well? And lastly for Ken, the biggest name that he thinks is going to be moved at the trade deadline. This one is going to be a blast, and I really appreciate Ken Rosenthal taking the time out of his day right now, especially to join me. He can have his phone on loud. If anything happens, he can stop and take that call. But let's welcome in now Ken Rosenthal. All right, and I am pumped to be joined now, as we've done a few years in a row, by Ken Rosenthal for a little trade deadline special episode. Ken, thank you for joining me, my friend. Ben, Justin Verlander to the Dodgers. Let's start there. (laughs) <laughs> Great. Good no, to know. No, 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 no. Well, let's 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 start there, Ken, with the Mets team that has vastly underperformed so far this year, but it doesn't appear anybody in the NL wildcard race wants to grab a hold of it and send everybody else shooting down in the standings. Everybody's still pretty much in it, but with this Mets team that was supposed to be a lot better, we've heard rumors that they're thinking of selling and David Robertson and Mark Canna and to a degree, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander. What is the latest with the New York Mets? They have not officially proclaimed themselves sellers yet. I don't see how they can avoid that distinction. They can play well over the next couple of days, but their season speaks volumes. And for whatever reason, Ben, they have underachieved. I'm not sure I can figure it out exactly, but this team has not looked at all 
like the team that they should be considering the money that they've spent and given the talent that they have. So I expect them to be limited sellers. Someone I'm talking about is David Robertson and Mark Canna and Tommy Pham. I just believe it's too difficult to trade Justin and Max Scherzer. They have no trades, full no trades. They have complex contracts that obviously pay them a lot of money. It just is going to be a really difficult thing to do if you want a big return. If you want a big return, you're going to have to pay down the contracts. And I don't know that that is worth the Mets while. They will still need pitching next year. And yeah, you have to hope that Max and Justin are better. Out on the other coast, Ken, I feel like the Padres and the Mets are having the exact same season. They spent a ton of money. They've really underperformed with a bunch of superstars. And then you have the Padres over the last week or so saying they're going to sell. You got Josh Hader, Blake Snell, and then you've heard, well, wait a second, we might not sell. Uh, Again, the question to you, where, as we speak, do the Padres stand with selling or or even buying? Ben, it's really important to remind people this time of year that buy-sell is not an either-or. It's not black or white. It can be a combination of both. And the way the Padres are playing, I can see them doing a little bit of both. Maybe just kind of pairing payroll here to create an opportunity there, removing something from the roster here to get somebody else there, that kind of thing. And we've seen teams do this over the years. It's not uncommon at this point. I don't know that they can view themselves one way or the other. Now, there are a couple of things driving this. As opposed to the Mets, their owner, Peter Seidler, is very bullish on this team. And he's very mindful as well that they're drawing, I believe, 41000 per game at home. So if you trade Hayter and Snell, for instance, then you're basically telling those people the next two months, we're not going to be the team that you bought tickets for, the team you want to see. You could trade one or both of them and possibly retool and fix your roster for this this season while adding pieces for next season. There are all kinds of ways they can go. It's going to depend on how they play in the next few days. It wasn't a good start last night with them flopping (laughs) in Pittsburgh. And it will also depend on what the market will bear for some of these players. It's interesting because if you put Snell out there, he's the major league ERA leader. He would fetch you quite a bit, even as a potential free agent. And the same for Hayter, who is one of the best closers in the game. So I believe, as with most clubs, they're going to take it down to the end or close to the end. And we're going to have Monday and Tuesday, two pretty hairy days, I would expect. One team that it feels like is it... it appears they're going to be sellers is the Chicago White Sox and that pitching staff that it seems like everybody's at least on the table and available. And and honestly, in a seller's market where there's not a ton out there, they, they should be, you know, people are going to be willing to overpay for arms. But when we're talking, I'm going to give you four, Ken Lance Lynn, Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito, Michael Kopech. How many of those four do you think get moved? Two. Giolito, for sure. Mm-hmm. He is a potential free agent and a guy that has pitched well this year. Some teams are not quite sure that he would be part of their postseason rotation, but he certainly would threaten to be. Yeah. And he certainly could get you to the finish line. Lucas Giolito is a quality major league pitcher. And I expect Lance Lynn to go as well. I reported yesterday that he has a 10-team limited no-trade clause. He can block 10 teams, but to go to a contender – He would almost certainly lift it in the right circumstance. And he's a tricky guy because in many ways, he's had a horrible season. ERA is the second highest in the majors. Mm -hmm. Home runs allowed 28. That is the most in the majors. And yet he's still striking out guys. 
He's still a veteran, and maybe he just needs to get the heck out of there yeah. in that losing environment and that poor defense before he can start pitching better. So I would expect he goes. I would expect Giolito goes. Cease has two more years of control after yeah. this one. They do not want to trade him. And Michael Kopech, it's the same situation. He's yeah. part of their core. Wait, let's talk Baltimore Orioles, the team that kind of made the first move of deadline time as a not – including the Aroldis Chapman trade that happened like a month ago. But they end up adding Shintaro Fujinami to their bullpen, which is a, a good move for them, an arm that they're taking a chance on that has electric stuff. A team that is obviously leading the AL East and very, very talented, but very young. How aggressive do you think over the next few days we see the Baltimore Orioles be? That is one of the biggest questions in the sport right now, Ben, because in my opinion, in the opinion of a lot of people who actually work for teams, they should be aggressive. Yeah. They have a farm system that is arguably the deepest in the game. or certainly one of the deepest in the game. And what they have is duplication at a number of positions, a ton of infielders. Not all of them are going to play in the big leagues for the Baltimore Orioles. It's simply not going to happen. There are not enough spots to go around. So at some point, they need to start pairing off their assets and bringing in veterans. It's consolidation at the very least. Yeah. They need a starting pitcher. Wells is approaching an innings limit or is past his innings limit, will be. And some of their other young guys, Grayson Rodriguez, is kind of in uncharted territory as well, Bradish and the whole gang. They need veteran stability in their rotation beyond Gibson and Irvin. And really, they need that not only to get through the season, but if they're going to be a serious playoff yeah. team, and right now they have the best record in the American League, why shouldn't they think that way? They need more. And I would expect them to be aggressive. They need to be aggressive. And if they're not, there's going to be a lot of criticism. I would, Ken, you and I, we're not GMs. Uh, we're just fans of the game and, and talk about baseball. I would love to see them with those names you mentioned, those minor leaguers. They can't all play in the big leagues for the Orioles. Use now as a time to go get an arm with some control, maybe like an Eduardo Rodriguez, a guy that you can have on the team that's going to be there for at least a couple of years potentially, but we'll, we'll see. Cause I, I thought last year's off season or this past off season was the time for them to prove that they can be aggressive and that they're ready to win. And they didn't really do it. So I'd like to see. No, they didn't. Yeah. I agree with you on that. And their logic was we're going to be better in 24 than in 23, better in 25 than in 24. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but guess what? Your window is now and you yeah. don't get to pick your competitive window. When you have a team like this, a team playing at such a high level, you have to reinforce that team. And Eduardo Rodriguez is a little bit tricky because he has an opt-out. Yeah. And I expect he would opt out if he pitches well. But your point is well taken. With some of their position players, their young ones, they could conceivably load up a package to go get a guy that we haven't even considered yet because he's a controllable yeah. starter that you wouldn't expect to see moved. Yeah. Uh, over in uh, the other side of the American League, the AOS, the Astros, what are they on the lookout for, Ken? They're a team that I feel like every year knows they're going to be a playoff team, so they treat the deadline a little bit differently. They treat the deadline as who's going to help us in the ALCS and the World Series, and they go about their business that way. What are the Houston Astros looking for? Pitching. And they're one of the most interesting teams in the game right now for me because when you look at them, they've been without Alvarez for quite some time now. They've been without Altuve for really most of the season. And I believe they've played together, those two, only 13 games this year, something like that. And they've had all of these pitching injuries, McCullers and Garcia and Arquiti 
one after another, and yet they're two games out of first place. So from the Rangers' perspective, I'd be a little bit discouraged. Yeah, We've kind of thrown our best punch, Texas has, and yet we haven't separated from the Astros, and they are decimated. They've got all these problems, and yet they're still right on our tails. So what the Astros need to do clearly is add to their bullpen where some of their guys, their established leverage guys are taxed and they need to get more starting rotation help as well. Because when you're talking about JP France and B-Lock and these young kids that they've run out there, even Hunter Brown, it's the same thing. Innings limits or even restrictions that will come into play, it's just going to bite you. And they know this and they know what they have to do. The problem with all this is, Ben, we could go through the entire league and all of the contenders, virtually every one of them is in the same position, needing starting pitching, yeah. and there just aren't that many out there. Yeah. Uh, well, one, Ken, I wouldn't be doing a good job here if I didn't ask you a question that I'm sure you're getting all the time right now on every single thing you do. I watch you on Fox all the time and you talk about it all the time, but this could potentially be the biggest trade of all time, and certainly potentially the biggest free agent in American professional sports in Shohei Otani. Uh, we heard he wasn't going to be traded, and then we heard the Angels are open to it, but then not the Dodgers, but then maybe the Dodgers. It's all over the place. And then they started winning games, but they haven't really made up that ground in the AL wild card. What is the absolute latest on Shohei Otani? First off, Ben, you hear a lot of things this time of year, and some of them actually are true. And <laughs> When you look at the Angels and you assess where they are, you have to look at where they are in the wild card standings, four games out. And that's the closest they've been to a playoff spot at this date since 2017. Now, granted, we have expanded playoffs these last two years, but still, if you're the owner, Artie Moreno, you're looking at that, you say, we have a chance. And also, you also have a player with a home run pace that is threatening to be in the 60 homer range. So if he's on a 60 homer pace, as he is right now, about 58 or so, are you going to deprive your fans of that history, potential for history? Are you going to deprive yourself of the revenue that would accompany that chase? And are you simply going to give up on a season when you've invested so much? Go back to the offseason with them. They were aggressive. They brought in a, brought in a number of Modest free agents, I would say, mid-level free agents, but a number of them. Then during the season, once it started, they promoted guys from the 2022 draft. Ben Joyce, Zach Neto, they are desperate to get to the postseason in what could be Otani's last year with them. So I don't expect them to give up easily, if at all. It probably depends somewhat on this week and how they perform. But at the same time, if there is a sliver of hope, and Otani's still threatening to hit a 60 home run pace or be on a 60 home run pace, man, I don't know that yeah. this is going to ever gain traction. And one thing I want to add, yes, they're going to listen. Of course they're going to listen. They have yeah. to pick up the phone and it's Perry Manasian's job as GM to report to Artie Moreno what could potentially be a Shohei Otani deal. But we know the decision rests with one guy. That's Moreno. Moranian can make the best argument possible saying for our franchise, this is a great deal. He could have made that last deadline yeah. and Moreno didn't go for it. So I don't see it, but if they collapse this week, the pressure will be on for them to do that. Then last one for you, Ken, before I let you go. And you know, there's no right or wrong answer here. Obviously we don't know, but in your opinion, who do you think ends up being the biggest name moved at the deadline? 
Good question. And I'm going to be wrong because <laughs> things always happen at the deadline. I say this every year that make your head spin that you just didn't anticipate. I would expect Cody Bellinger will be one and maybe the biggest because I just don't see Otani getting moved. I don't yeah. see Verlander and Scherzer getting moved. Could be wrong. Been wrong before. But <laughs> the Bellinger Stroman thing. And hey, there's a chance neither of them gets moved. If the Cubs play yeah. well this week and they've got a fairly easy road at the White Sox and then at the Cardinals. So we'll see what happens here. Yeah, that's I'm sure it'll be lively. That's the thing with the NL wildcard race. Pretty much everybody's in it to a degree. So who knows who's going to sell and who's not. But Ken, this is always a lot of fun. Have a have a blast this week. Uh, you, you always do such great work. And thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to join me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ben. Pleasure, man. All right. See you, Ken. All right. Just wanted to thank Ken again for joining me. By the way, I agree with what he just said. My biggest name moved that I thought was going to be moved was Cody Bellinger as well. So we'll see if that ends up happening, where he ends up going. A couple interesting things from Ken. One, I agree with the Baltimore Orioles. They should be aggressive, but will they? And he said that's the biggest question mark in the industry right now is what's going to happen with the Orioles. And one, I don't agree with, but this wasn't, this is just what he's hearing that Shohei, he doesn't think is going to be moved. And his reasoning was what the organization thinks with Shohei as well. Do we really let a guy go that could hit 60 homers? He could, he brings in revenue for the rest of the year. And I understand that. And I do believe that is the angels line of thinking right now. I don't think they trade him, but is that the right line of thinking? You get two more months of, of revenue from Shohei and a, and a historic run where you could be building up for the future of your organization. So that's going to be very, very interesting down the stretch. We have under a week to go, and who knows what's going to happen. If the Angels end up losing every game this week, then obviously I think that that answer changes a little bit. But if they stay in this race, I 100% believe that Shohei stays with the Angels for the rest of this season. But always a blast of a conversation with Ken. I really do want to thank him a lot for joining me in this time. Every time this time of year, when we get within a week of the trade deadline, to be able to reach out to him and him want to take a few minutes to join us is uh, always means a lot to me. So thanks to him and thank you all for listening to this trade deadline special episode with Ken Rosenthal. Make sure you're subscribed anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, threads, and you can watch every single thing on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Thank you all for listening. Until tomorrow, my friends, peace.